0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Michael Poisson, Managing Director of Ideal Ratings and author of the ESG Data Revolution. Michael, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Andrew, how are you? I am good, thank you. appreciate you spending some time with us here on Business Ninjas. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, about Ideal Ratings, and about your book.
0: Well, thanks very much again. Um, A little bit about myself. Uh, I have been a fintech person uh, since I left university back in 1986, uh, helping build technology companies that specialize in finance, uh, first starting Uh, creating technology, uh, all the technology necessary to run the treasury department of a large multinational corporation. Uh, So we built that business and eventually sold it to uh, SunGuard, which is now part of FIS. Uh, Then I moved into the hedge fund space uh, and helped build a risk management platform, uh, focusing uh, on risk analysis and risk calculations, uh, a company called Investor Analytics, uh, which was sold to a company called StatPro. Um, and, but for the past 10 or so years, I've been focusing on something almost completely different. And that is in the research uh, and, uh, and data business for responsible and ethical investing. Uh, it's, it's, to me, it's new, uh, it's been around for a while, uh, but it's really been emerging and very current. Uh, so I've been doing this long enough now that I was inspired you know, to write a little bit of a book about my observations Uh, on the industry. Uh, I cannot profess to be an expert in sustainability or an expert in this thing called ESG, environment, social, and governance. Uh, But I am becoming an expert in all the business opportunities that have emerged out of the data. And uh, and it's quite an exciting field. I just wish I had another 30 years to to really dig into it.
1: (laughs) You are obviously gathering no moss. (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me a little bit about Ideal Ratings and what they do.
0: Yeah, we're a 15 year old company, actually entering our 16th year. Um, We are known as an ESG data company, uh, even though we really didn't start out that way. Uh, We started out more focused on um, assisting uh, ethical or responsible investors. In fact, our very first clients were faith based investors, and we are now the world leader in Islamic finance and Sharia law compliance. Uh, So, portfolio managers and investors that need to take Uh, those kind of faith-based concerns into account, for instance, no guns, alcohol, tobacco, et cetera, Um, we as a company do the research of over 40,000 companies globally to come up with their responsible profile, if you will. Uh, As we started to accumulate clients that were faith-based investors, uh, they brought to our attention that you're not very far off by adding some positive screens, for instance, women on the board and you know, producing good products that are good to the environment. Uh, So we found ourselves in the ESG, environment and social and governance space. So today, I'd say that we are uh, more of an ESG slash responsible investing research and data company, supporting a lot of businesses that require our data to be in business.
1: I imagine in this day and age, it's fairly difficult to do because there are so many giant companies buying up every company on the planet, to the point where the company you're looking at may be clean by themselves. But once you follow the money trail up to the top of the food chain, maybe people haven't always behaved in a way that your investors are are happy with. So uh, I assume you're performing quite an important service
0: for people who care about where their money's going. And it is. And, uh, you know, it's the job doesn't get any easier. Um, I'd say the, the origins of the whole responsible investing ESG data field uh, is commonly brought back to the the days of apartheid in South Africa, uh, and you know the first ESG data point I'll argue is you know are you doing business in South Africa yes or no, uh, and that informed investors whether they wanted to support that regime that government uh, and their their awful policies. Well. Over time, similar things have popped up. For instance, uh, you know, people um, identifying that tobacco was not such a good thing. It was a great business, uh, but it caused a lot of health issues. And in fact, beyond that, it had some social concerns. It was targeting uh, less fortunate people to, to generate their revenue. So it had all kinds of social uh, kinds of issues with it. Uh, and if you go into the, the, uh, the governance part of things, well, not too long ago was Enron. And, uh, and, and, and senior management that weren't very good people. Uh, so over time, you know, the, the data points are emerging as to what's important. Uh, today, you know, there's thousands of individual points of uh, E. Uh, are they good to the environment? Uh, uh, are they recycling water? Uh, S, social, are they uh, paying a good wage? Do they provide insurances? Uh, do they put people at harm? G, governance. Uh, do they have a diversified board? Uh, are the executives actually compensated for making a difference to the environment? So, uh, again, it's it's an emerging field that's getting an awful lot of press these days, um, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen next. And and when did Ideal Ratings start doing this? Yeah, again, 15 years ago we started, and uh, we've the business has really been accelerated in the past few years uh, because although. The, the original users of ESG data might have been investment managers with uh, that wanted to invest along their their ethics and principles. Uh, today, it's actually finding itself into investment policies. In Europe especially, there's a new batch of regulations that are coming out. Uh, they're asking funds for more transparency. Uh, so if they say that they're a, a green fund and invest, investing in green initiatives, well, they need to prove that. Uh, so there's a... I'm not a huge fan of regulation, but in this particular case, it's actually helping our industry. Um, up until recently, there's over 150 companies doing what I do in terms of research and data. Uh, you had mentioned acquisitions out there in the world, and knowing, you know, the the, the straight through process of of from uh, source to product. Well, same things going on in our industry in terms of massive consolidation, and I think it's the regulators that are telling us what's important. Uh, and the large data companies and ratings companies are buying up companies like ours and others uh, to to get it even bigger.
1: I guess I, I did not know there were that many companies in your space <laughs> doing what you do. What, what makes ideal ratings stand out from your competition?
0: Well, granted, 150 vendors at least. Some of them focus on equality. Some of them focus on diversity data. Some of them focus on uh, carbon emissions. Uh, but in total, total there's you know, lots and lots of data vendors doing very specialized things. Uh, Ideal Ratings is a, more of a generalist. Um, we have more of a breadth in terms of the number of companies we cover. So as I mentioned, over 40,000 public companies globally. Uh, our intent was to go after and, and research every publicly listed company around the globe. Wow. Uh, and then come up with a certain set of factors. Today, there's over 350 individual risk factors that we look for for each individual company. Um, the regulators again are whispering and telling us uh, beyond our 350 factors, uh, here's five more or 10 more. So it's an evolving science, if you will. Um, what makes us different is there are a lot of big companies that do do what we do. Uh, you've heard of companies like Reuters and MSCI and There's even a company out there called Sustainalytics, um, which is very particular for our field. Um, But they do many things, and usually. They're much broader data companies, or they're rating agencies, or they sell products other than uh, research and data. Uh, We are a research and data company. Um, So we we serve a lot of solutions providers without necessarily having a product with a wrapper on it. It's our data that goes into ultimate end solutions. So my clients uh, are gonna be companies like large service providers, JP Morgan Chase, uh, Northern Trust, State Street. Uh, they all are serving you know, large asset managers and asset owners, but they require our data to deliver their services to their clients. Our focus has been on the data. Our focus has been on quality of data to make sure, and data is a messy, messy business. Uh, to, to have a good quality uh, set of data that our clients can rely uh, on so that they can provide a good service to their clients.
1: Excellent. And, and, and what are the biggest challenges that, and, and problems that you're solving for those clients?
0: Well, initially, it's, um, they, we went through a period where people just didn't want to give you transparency. Um, so in the early days of research on ESG factors, Uh, you'd have company a that said well here you go here's uh here's all of our policies about this stuff and here's our consumption of water and our emissions to the environment and you had company b that said well it's none of your darn business Uh, nobody's telling us to do that well that's changing and uh what's changing is that uh, people are whether they're being required to uh, by very important investors that are demanding this information or they're just saying that uh, their absence, or, or they're suspicious by their absence in terms of their reporting. So there's lots of pressure for disclosure. Um, so that's 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 kind of changing. Uh, a very unpopular statement that I make uh, about you know world leaders causing change in our space is uh, in in the U.S. Uh, President Donald Trump, I would argue, has done a whole lot for this industry for the environment. How? He basically said, we're getting out of the Paris Accord, um, you know, under my regime. Now, what the result was, every major public CEO said, look, we're not going along with that. Uh, if we follow that policy, it would be very uh, bad for our reputation. So it actually caused a lot of companies to start disclosing even more, uh, you know, when, you know, uh, that policy was, was determined. So it's kind of a, a crazy business. So today, again, you yeah. know. For for various reasons, uh, people are contributing more, uh, but there's still times when the data doesn't exist. So the next frontier is a battle on estimation models. You know, how can we use the best available information to estimate uh, the data that we're required to look at for each of these individual companies? Um, let's switch gears a little and talk about your recently
1: published book, The ESG Data Revolution
0: yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not an expert in ESG. I'm not an expert in sustainability, but I'm learning an awful lot. And I am a lifelong learner. Uh, and for me, uh, anytime I, I I face a new challenge, uh, I either you know go out and get a certification in that particular subject matter, uh, or in this particular case, I wrote a book. Uh, so you know when I first got into the sustainability space and the data space um, after, 25 years of being in 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 IT and technology and fintech, uh, I enrolled in a uh, in a course at Rutgers University, uh, which was their very first course on sustainability. So I am a proud owner of a Rutgers Education Certificate in Corporate Social Responsibility. Uh, before I joined uh, Ideal Ratings. Um, So in this particular case, I've been observing and taking a lot of notes and and seeing all the the, the incredible amount of businesses that are growing out of this need, um, either for ESG transparency or now we're seeing that uh, regulators are coming in, they're requiring compliance, all of a sudden now we've got the auditors and assurance companies coming in, and eventually we're going to see insurance companies coming in uh, to modify their policies for these you know, before never known ESG uh, risks or disclosures. So I find the field entirely fascinating. So what I tried to do in the book was just a brief history of uh, where this ESG, what what is ESG? Uh, what is ESG data? Um, how is it actually uh, researched and, and derived? Uh, but more importantly, how is it used? So we went from being an industry of research companies And once we had all the data, we started to put together scorings. So just like a bond rating, you now have an ESG rating from AAA down to double D or or triple C. Um, But you you can now evaluate kind of apples to apples, various companies based on their ESG scores. Uh, Now that you have scores and ratings, you can start building financial products, whether it's an index or other financial products. Uh, Now that you have financial products, you need technology to monitor and scan. So you've got portfolio management systems that have an ESG bend to it. And as I mentioned, now we've got a whole new set of compliance requirements and audit requirements and reporting requirements and performance requirements. So the field just keeps growing and growing. And if you look beyond that in terms of the amount of jobs that it's creating, uh, I listed in the book some, you know, uh, 20 or 30 or 40 different types. Titles that you know uh, make up the ESG space, from analyst to chief sustainability officer. If you look at uh, universities these days, um, you'd be hard pressed to find even a community college that doesn't have a course on sustainability or the environment or something ESG-related. It's one of these things that uh, is irreversible. So you know, you and I aren't going to get up Monday morning and decide we're going to pollute. You know. Or you and I on Wednesday aren't going to decide that uh, you know that whole woman's right thing. that's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, they should go back and you know not work anymore. Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, this is uh, really got a lot of force, and you know I'm learning as much from my children and focusing me uh, and the next generations of of what to expect in the, this this world of sustainability and ESG. Um, I've been to enough conferences that usually end with the final question. So what does this conference look like in 10 years? And uh, the answer typically by the presenter is, well, we'll, we won't have a need for one of these conferences because it'll be so embedded in our lives and the way we do business. Uh, Personally, I think that's a a lofty goal. I don't think it's 10 years away. We're probably a bit further away than that. Um, But I do see there could be someday uh, and it's going to take a lot of work to get there, where sustainability and the environment and all these factors are sort of, kind of embedded in the way we we operate every day.
1: I applaud your lofty goals, and I join the sentiment. Uh, you know, there's no question that there are changes on the planet systemically. Uh, there, it's almost impossible to quantify humans' impact on it, but to deny it is just head in the sand kind of stuff. When you see gondolas grounded in dry canals in Venice and 20 inches of rain in a a month here in Los Angeles, there are changes afoot and they are undeniable and uh, uh, shining a light and and creating this level of transparency is, is, uh, you know, can only help everyone moving forward. So I appreciate what you do. Um, In terms of shining the light on this story, how does Ideal Ratings get the story out? How how do you connect with your your potential investors? You know what role has content played in the growth of Ideal Ratings?
0: Yeah, because we are a company that again I I, I simplify it. We're a research and data company. Uh, we don't offer a whole variety of services services or products. Um, you know we our, our objective is to get as much good quality data that can support our clients' needs to build ultimate solutions. Um, so we focus on, you know, selling to other solutions providers, uh, we focus on the big names, as I mentioned, state street, Northern trust, JPMorgan and others. Um, and, and we don't spend an awful lot of money on marketing. So we do rely on, you know, the, the, the biggest bang for the buck in terms of social, uh, and, and social media and other distribution channels that we can get the name and the word out, whether it's writing a book. And talking to you, thank you very much. Um, we don't have a staff of of, of fifty or five hundred or even five salespeople around the globe, so we have to uh, you know be very smart in terms of how we get the word out there. Uh, and again, this platform is uh, is one of the smartest investments that we we can make. Um, so by by serving you know other distributors and redistributors, most of our success comes from partnerships uh, and, and, and supporting their success, which ultimately will be our success.
1: Well, Hey, if I can play a a small part in the role of shedding a light on an important niche business, I'm honored to do so. Um, you getting the story out means that companies are held accountable and people know what they're investing in. And hopefully we're all, hopefully we all have the same goals, right? A, A healthy, sustainable place for us to all live and thrive. And, uh, I could be a tiny cog in that machine, honored to do so. So we're glad to have you here today. Um, change gears. What's something you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally one year from today?
0: Well, it's a, my, my answer is going to be a little odd in that, um, you know, this whole ESG space is becoming controversial uh, for, for weird reasons. Um, it's becoming very uh, politicized and people are taking very strong views, if you want to call them right views, left views. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of headlines now where states like Florida and Texas are prohibiting investing the pension monies with any kind of an ESG lens. Um, and you know what, I kind of got the feeling that this is the greatest thing to happen to ESG. Um, I've been to so many <laughs> conferences where we're like-minded people. We all go in with a group hug, we listen to the speakers, we smile, we say yes, and then we go off to the next conference. So, I am dying to go to a conference where there's an open debate. I want the person that's in the headlines that says Florida can't invest in ESG for these reasons to have it out with somebody that is pro ESG. and uh, and it, if they're not willing to come to a conference, that tells you something, but uh, I'm really, really happy about the open debate and the headlines because I think it's bringing so much attraction to the subject. Uh, even to the extent where you know, I consider myself, I've, I've been a registered Republican my entire life, but with a democratic heart. So I'm not sure where I stand. So if there is such a thing as a moderate ESG guy, or maybe I'm inventing that. Uh, so you don't have to go to one extreme or the other. You need to be open minded, or at least uh, uh, you can't shut down the ESG effort, but you have to acknowledge that, yeah, there may be something going on with the climate with all these things that you mentioned in terms of rain where it's not supposed to be and dryness where it's not supposed to be. Uh, so, at least, you know, think about the what if, you know, give the other side a little bit of space. And I think we're going to make more progress. So, a year from now, um, I'll be so happy over the next six to eight months that we we really hammered out and go heads to head and, and see some street fights about the topic. Uh, because I think a year from now, the fallout will be, just as that example with a, a president escaping the uh, the Paris Climate Agreement, uh, maybe some unintended consequences. And we're having a lot of unintended consequences in this industry. Um, so for whatever reason, if it was intended to get more people on board, that's great. If it's unintended and more people are on board, that's great too, I'm happy. Yes, a- any
1: press is good press. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, it, it's a time of transparency, right? We have a cancel culture now where people are looking for reasons to to have something negative to say about you. But if in the process of looking, they uncover that a company is doing the right thing and treating its staff well and the environment and paying it forward, that, that's a good byproduct to you,
0: right? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely.
1: Well, hey, uh, fascinating conversation. I, I wish you, your book, your company, all the best. Please tell everyone where they can find Ideal Ratings, what your URL is, what social media channels they're using, and where they can find your book, The ESG Data Revolution.
0: So you can find Ideal Ratings at uh, www.idealratings.com. Uh, and when we are, you know, on all the the regular uh, channels, if you will, for social media, uh, the book is pretty simply uh, the theesgdatarevolution.com, um, and you can pick it up on Amazon or or through the website. Um, but again, we uh, really appreciate your time for again giving uh, giving us some exposure uh, and some attention to uh, a, a surely needed area that needs attention. So thank you so much, Andrew.
1: It's my distinct pleasure. Michael Poisson of Ideal Ratings, thank you for spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. All the best to you and yours.
0: Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E e.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.